Hello and welcome to Through the Mist with me, your host Owen. This is a Void and Verse Theory podcast where we look at the law and try to understand how it all works. In this episode, we'll be looking at mortals. Welcome back to episode 10, you wonderful Mist Busters. Yeah, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. Yeah, we're back, guys. Welcome back to uh, episode 10 of Through the Mist. Just a quick reminder that if you ever want to get in touch, you can always email uh, the show at through.t.mist.gmail.com or follow the Instagrams at through underscore mist there's links and the mind is in descriptions so uh you can always use those that's always fun so last time i said that we're going to be looking at magnus chase as you can probably tell by the title of mortals um it's not quite just magnus chase anymore but it definitely started out as magnus chase and then i got distracted by looking at the world in large so you know it's a bit more bigger bit more bigger i don't think that's proper english oh well let us begin okay here we are starting the episode here we are looking at mortals so what are we going to look at when i say mortals what do i mean by that let's start there so we're only going to be really looking at the people that have had an a decent amount of interaction with the magic systems of the world so that yeah and i've uh i've got about 14 different mortals in total um i've categorized them into two different places we've got the what i'm just going to call seers the people with clear sight so people that can see through the mist hey you know all that just i said the name of the show in the show yeah and people that are not and i've just labeled them as standard but what I really want to look at is maybe another time we'll look at the seers and clear sight in general. But what I really want to look at is the standard uh, mortals at the moment um, and how they work. So I just list to everyone and have categorised all the people because it makes it easier. And then you know people like, and then you can say if I've missed anyone. Um, so for the seers, uh, we've got good old Sally Jackson, Rachel Elizabeth there, May. Castellan. I've never actually said a name out loud. We've got Frederick, because he's there because he can see Blackjack. Um, and then we got Randolph and Natalie Chase, so Magnus' mum and uh, the uncle, Uncle Chase. And those ones were like, they were a bit iffy, but I, I feel like if Frederick can, they can, but we'll get back to that. It's, it's never fully cleared up i don't think and then we got the zang gang so emily and grandma and they i put them under mortals but they also hold the legacy powers so i feel like they could see through and then there's marie as well who um hazel's mum who is a bit another bit weird one like i said we're not really looking at the sears so i've kind of ignored them but i've categorized them there and then the standard people there's people that we're going to look at today we've got uh paul blowfist we got uh, Amir, uh, who's Sam's significant other. We've got Tristan McLean. We've got Liz and Emma, Sadie's uh, friends. And good old Dr. Howard Claymore, who's the person in Son of Magic. I'm presuming you know the two that I didn't mention who were. Because in Sam, that's Magnus Chase. So that's where it started. It all started with Amir. Um, <laughs> 
yeah so we're going to have a look through all those different people and how they see the world and how it works i feel like the wider world so size because we have a very specific view of the world in these books but the wider world there's almost two reactions and we get them through three different people and then the other two they're a bit weird um so we'll start with the standard reactions yes so we have uh paul liz and emma who i think uh, are one of the standard reactions for the world they all have a sim- very similar reaction which is that they are told that this world exists but Paul kind of largely hinted at that he actually he can't see through the mist. And Liz and Emma also I've put them in this group um, because they they don't freak out. They also don't go, oh, no, I've always seen monsters like Rachel does because she's our best. She's probably the most in-depth known. And Sally, we know the most about them and how that um, and how clear sight works through those two. So, yeah, so their minds still being manipulated by the mist but they can see, they can go, oh, that's not right. And in the moment, they're like, they're definitely like, well, I think that's the bad guy because you get Paul killing the monster, but going, was that a monster in the Battle of Manhattan? So you get all those moments like that. Um, and Liz and Emma on the bridge and stuff. They're, they're clearly aware that there is someone that's trying to kill them in front of them. Um, but what they actually see versus what Sadie sees, we're never fully told. And then you get the other reaction, main reaction I think occurs, which is the Tristan reaction. So he's similar in the Paul Lesnema stuff because he's put into a situation where it would be very hard for the mind to cover up what's going on because it's almost, it's not a passing thing. It is very much, you are a part of the issue. So Paul's in the fight in Manhattan and he's fighting in the Battle of Manhattan. And Liz and Emma are being targeted by the scary people and Sadie's saving them with magic. So you get that interaction between the two. But where Tristan... He's kidnapped by a giant, and then he his brain compre- is not doesn't probably doesn't fully see through the mist, but he's like, but he kind of sees through it. He sees through it enough for that moment in time. But what it does is it destroys his brain to a point where he wouldn't be able to function function with uh, the, his current position in society. But he would just not be able to function where it is. He yeah, he wouldn't be able to function with society if not for the pipe and memory potion thing that happens. Um, yeah, so we have those two groups of people, so people that are willing to believe and um, when they are told about this truth about their world, that they don't, they don't go mad. Um, then you've got the other people who are told about this truth and go mad. You could say him being kidnapped also doesn't help with that. But it's not just that fact that he's freaking out about. He's freaking out about the fact that, that Piper's mum was Aphrodite. So now we'll move on to two very different people. Amir and Dr. Claymore. Uh, they both start off as Jabogsnan and Maul. Can't see through the mist. They don't know anything about anything. They are living their lives as if no su- supernatural. Mm, yeah, whatever. Things are going on. Um... However, we get uh, Amir being able to see the Bifrost. <laughs> He's almost forced to see it. So how the entire interaction happens, sorry, this is all spoilers for Magnus Chase. But you get the scenes where Amir is forced to see the Bifrost 
because Sam wants him because because of the whole relationship issues. I haven't read the book in a while. I skimmed it for all these notes because I knew it was in it. Anyway, um, so but we get these wonderful quotes in this section, um, which helps us understand what's going on. So I'll read them now. So this is Magnus talking about Sam's plan for Amir. She was literally trying to reconfigure her boyfriend's mind. If she succeeded, she might open up his perception. If she failed, best case, Amir will eventually forget it all. Worst case scenario, the experience would leave permanent scars. She's got these two options. Uh, so you've got the, the worst case scenario being what happens to Tristan McLean. You get this middle ground scenario where he's able to comprehend and sees what's happening, but then his mind slowly starts to blank it out. And this is um, for, for like this possibility occurs because of a plane trip that was happening just before. Um, and he starts to forget that things are happening and it's put back up later as well. The story. Um, and that could that sort of scenario could be the Liz and Emma sort of scenario because we never hear from them ever again. <laughs> but I love Liz and Emma. Liz and Emma were great. Um, <laughs> one of the main reasons he's able to become clear-sighted, become a seer, is thanks to Magnus and his prey powers. So we get all that fun stuff. And then Dr. Claymore, again, they're also very interesting because he starts the story not being able to see through the mist. Then we get to the cafe fight battle after he's had that dream where Hector pulls him in and he starts to see her I didn't write her name down, I can't bother to look at the book. Um starts to see the monster as a monster. He's very much in the position of the person being targeted. So because the mist is being manipulated for no one to be able to see him, he is supposed to be able to see her. So it's it's this almost thing where because he's targeting him, you could say that the mist uh like the mist filter, she could be fighting against it, but it's starting to break down. The filter's starting to break down. Um, and then by the end of it, he's not really a human anymore. Um, so you could just say because he's not human, he sees whatever he wants to see. But the reason he becomes clear-sighted, um, that during the course of the story, at least, it could be Hecate's influence because she is trying to help her son. Um, it could be the fact that he is becoming a focal point for the for the story. So he needs to be able to see what's going on. There's multiple different reasons, um, but it's all quite weird. So as you can see, there's multiple different ways that these standard mortals end up seeing through the mist and what happens to them if they do. I think the Amir quotes really help give us an idea of what is actually happening to these mortals' minds. most things i feel like if i go far enough with the magic system i'm talking about the mist again um so the mind versus the mist it it seems that this all is very much a mind over matter situation and we get the best descriptions uh, i think of how mortals minds work and how the mist manipulates them in um magnus chase hammer of thor or Magat hot. Magat, Magat sucks, but hot is hot. Um, so we've got the Emir quotes that I've said previously um, about the boyfriend's mind. She succeeds, opens up the but fail scenarios, he f eventually forgets it, or these permanent scars. We also get these other quotes um, from the same book a bit later on, 
um, around page 265. So I'll read those now. They're too old. Their brains aren't as flexible. The older you are, the harder it is to accept the, that the world might not be the way you thought it was. So yeah, we get those quotes, which is also corresponds with what Sally tells Percy and Annabeth in the Battle of the Labyrinth. I didn't mind that on my notes, but I remember that. So you get this fact that as you age, your mind becomes more set in what it is willing to believe. So that might be why, let's say, Liz and Emma, for example, are a lot more flexible than Tristan. But then you've got the Tristan-Paul argument and the Dr. Claymore argument, where they're older gentlemen. Dr. Claymore, he has research, he's researched all these myths and all these magics. He's he's almost willing to believe that they could exist or that he's 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 researched all this information. He's almost willing to believe that if they existed, this is how they work. He's almost kind of already logically thought about how they could work if they were real. So when he's told that they are real, he's like, OK, I'll reapply that logic that I've already worked out. So it's not the biggest world break for him. And with Paul, I think Paul's just cool, um, so he can just do this. Um, also somewhere, I lost it, I read it, and then I didn't take enough good notes when I wrote it, about where I could find it again. But I know somewhere in a book, one of these books, um, it states that children can see more, but they lose it over time. As I said, I can't remember where that was stated. But it stated somewhere, which lines up with the whole they're too old thing. Um, yeah, so from this and all this information, I've been able to gather. It seems that there's this sliding scale of both outcome and what people are able to believe. So it's it comes from being a completely clear-sighted like Rachel to permanent damage like Tristan, and probably a mere if Magnus wasn't there. I think this sliding scale can also be seen in demigods and others as well. The other thing that we've got to take into account in this so not just being able to see through but is what they can see through which i've labeled as filtering so the filtering that occurs so you've got a couple of examples i can think of off the top of my head for this which is um in the last tour book the greek demigods were struggling to see brooklyn mansion and you get the entire point in history where the Romans and Greeks were hidden from each other, which is again, it's that it's a similar form of filtering. It was it was going this other side of the world doesn't exist. So, like for let's let's go with it. Uh, you so Percy, we we'll go with Percy because he knows about everything. You're told that the Greeks exist, the Greek gods exist, and you're like, okay, cool. Then then you find out that the Greeks have multiple forms. And some of those forms uh, were so influential, they produced another set of demigods, partly because they were believed in at the time, which is the Romans. And you're like, okay, that makes sense. I added another one. And then you find out the Egyptians are real. And you go, oh, uh, there's this whole other pantheon that exists alongside the one I'm a part of, the world I'm a part of, but it's almost, it's, it has a separate set of issues. They, they, those clash a bit more than most um, because of history, but they are separate occasion. And then, and then you find out later that the Norse gods exist. You're like, okay, so everything exists, but he only ever sees Greek things unless he's in a situation where someone else is around that can see the others. So the question you've got to ask is: Does a similar filtering system work in mortals? So we have Red, uh, which lives there, who I think is the most powerful, clear-sighted person we know in the way that she can see through everything because she seems to be able to see everything. She can see the Brooklyn Mansion. She said she 
she can see stuff that Percy can't, and he's within the world. He, she just sees everything. Uh, so, so the question is, does, for example, Claymore, can he only see the Greco-Roman stuff because that's the world he was brought into? And same with Amir, can he only ever see the Norse stuff? I think the best like group to look at to work this out um, is the Chase family. So we might come back to this idea at one point, at another point in time. But the Chase family are very interesting because you've got uh, Natalie and Randolph, who uh, are very much Norse-focused. Um, and then you've got Magnus also, who was born into the world, so I think we can say that the filtering system, if there is one, works for him, seeing Norse stuff more than anything else. And then you've got Frederick, who uh, fell for Athena, on some level anyway, um, and can now see the Greek side of the world. But they also descendants of uh, Norse kings, I think, kings and queens, Norse kings and queens. And so could he, before he met Athena, was his, did he be able to see through the mist? And was his filter towards the Norse? Because that's where Natalie and Randolph seem to see. Or did they have a very light level of being able to see through all of them? And then Natalie met Frey and suddenly her world was opened up. So she could almost see everything, and this is so. Is this is there? Are they on a sliding scale of being able to see through the mist, but more on a, I guess, Percy level of being able to see through the mist, versus uh, Rachel Elizabeth there and um, and Sally level, where their world isn't full of monsters, but they are aware that the monsters do exist. Um, and then when Frederick met Athena, did his filter shift from seeing mostly Norse monsters to seeing mostly Greek, Greco-Roman monsters. That's the question I think would be, is um, a difficult one to answer because we don't get enough information from. But it's all, this is all very much a light little magic system. So it doesn't fully make sense in that sense. Okay. Um, yeah, that was everything. everything I've talked about this has been a very on-topic conversation because there's a lot of moving parts and not much room for me to get like majorly distracted so the main thing I think is that the mortal visions of the magic of the world I believe to be on an exponential distribution graph so if you had a graph uh, with go zero as the left and moving at positive as we go towards the right um, on the left, you would have a spike of people not being able to see through the mist, the people that are just completely blind to it. And I, think, I do feel like this sliding scale of how much you can see is very much there. Um, so you have this exponential graph as, as the further you get away from nothing, being able to see nothing, the less people there are that are, can see through. Um, so I think most people would sit at not being able to see anything, but as you slide further left, you can see some of it, then you can see tiny bits, and then you get to seeing everything, which is a more red level of skill. Um, and then, but then, the question is, do they filter by Pantheon the same? It seems that um, the demigods and magicians have this filter by Pantheon as well. Um, is this where the glamour and the mist and the dawn all have slightly different domains, but are all interconnected within the same thing, um, same principle it is the question is it it not so that's that it's a lot it's a lot to get your head around uh, but i think the main point 
is that with most of the being able to see through the mist and the mortals that can and can't, it's a very much a mind over matter thing. And the response occurs when they are forced to see through the mist can go from they see it all, they now they now can see. The lowest, the best fake scenario for failure, if you want to make them see, is that they just slowly forget it um, over time and their brain reworks in. They just either forget that someone was there or they forget quite why they're mad at someone and just their brain rewrites itself so they can comprehend their world or it or or it breaks them completely and they now know but they can't fit it into their jigsaw puzzle they're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole they just they can't make it work without shaving something off and shaving something off makes them lose themselves um that was rather deep i mean <laughs> so that is everything that i want to run through it is I think I think that's everything we've got. It's a bit, it's a lot, as I said, multiple times now. But I'm just gonna run the outro now. Okay, yeah, run the outro. Thank you for indulging this theory. If you have any comments on this theory or theories of your own that you want me to discuss, you can email me through at to through.t.mist.gmail.com. Follow the Instagrams at through underscore mist and slide us in cheeky DM. Make sure to follow, like, rate, review, do everything you can to help promote this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I've been Owen and come back next time as we try to see the news. I hope anyone can keep up with me. <laughs>